Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome to the DOGS program. We are the DOGS, the Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools, and we're here to promote and defend public education. We at the DOGS wish everyone a happy and safe new year, and whatever you've been up to over the summer break, we hope you've had incredible amounts of fun and stayed safe and been happy and felt the love. Today's episode is a little bit special. We're going to go back and have a listen to some of the great state schools that we've featured each week here on the DOGS program. And then to finish off, we'll be finishing with our final great state school of the week of the year. But without further ado, let's hear from some of our great state schools we've featured this year. Every week on the DOGS program, we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State school. School of the week. Great state schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the DOGS program. And this week's great state school is Coburg High School. Congratulations, Coburg High School. And this is a very special school up there in the north. Uh, those of us who've been around for a while might remember how the Fitzroy High School and uh, uh, the Coburg Primary School, and I believe there was a Coburg um, Technical School, these schools were closed by Mr Kennett back in the 1990s. But the parents up there in the north have fought to get them back. And this Coburg High School in its current form was started in as, early, as late, actually, as 2015, although it had been around for many, many years before that. The Northland College was another one uh, that was under threat, and there was a big fight for that because that was, uh, it had a very special program for Indigenous children. And that one was saved. But the Coburg State School was sold to a religious organisation and is now a religious school, unfortunately. But, um, yes, so let's hear about Coburg High School. Over to you, Betty. Absolutely. I'm going to read something out from the Coburg High School website. Um, It reads, although this most recent version of Coburg High School has only been operating since, like Jean said, 2015, Our school has grown rapidly and has an excellent reputation in the local and broader community for our positive approaches to learning and well-being. In the 2022 school year, we will have in excess of 1,200 students and further growth is expected in coming years. Our NAPLAN results have grown year on year and in 2021, we showed excellent growth in VC outcomes with 6.1% of study scores of 40 plus compared to 3.2% in 2020. In addition, the results and responses on the annual debt parent opinion survey show that parents are, on the whole, highly satisfied with the school and the positive outcomes in all variables on the survey are well above the state average for schools. We are proud to educate the young people of the Coburg community and to showcase our vision and values. Um, Also our approaches to teaching and learning, well-being supports, range of co-curricular programs and the talents and achievements of our students and staff. Our central purpose is to ensure that our students graduate to lead rewarding, responsible, prosperous, healthy and happy lives 
and to enable them to make significant contributions to the world. Our school values are excellence, integrity, curiosity, and community. And these values underpin our goals, policies, practices, behaviors, and decision-making at Coburg High School. It is with great excitement that we announced some of the excellent VCE results of the class of 2021. The school's median study score has increased to 29, up from 28 in 2020. And there was also a significant increase in the number of students achieving study scores of 40 or above. Now I'm going to shoot some facts and figures at you. So there is 1,062 children enrolled at this school and the Ixia value is also 1,062, weird coincidence, which is above average. Um, there's 32% of the students that come from the upper quartile of parental income. There is 31% in the second highest quartile and there is 24% in the third quartile and then in the lowest quartile there is 14% of students that are enrolled. So really it's a school with both, both advantaged and disadvantaged students and 30% speak a language other than English and 2% are Indigenous students. It costs $13,000 to send a student to this school which is an absolute bargain and value for money it sounds like. Yeah. So congratulations, Coburg High School. You are doing a wonderful job. State schools. State, State schools. schools. School, for week. School. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. And this week's great state school is Churchill Primary School. And the principal says... Churchill Primary School is situated in the heart of Churchill. The school has a well-maintained native garden and spacious grounds. Recently, the school has undergone upgrades, which has include, included a new playground and a synthetic basketball court. The main administration area and four classrooms were upgraded in 2020 with a new $2.4 million building. This new building features modern facilities to deliver 21st century learning to our students. Churchill Primary School has high expectation of our students with a strong focus on learning growth. We use the most effective teaching methods which align with evidence-based practice in our classrooms. Our school is a professional learning community where teachers work collaboratively with to use data to plan for student learning. Our school has a strong academic focus and prioritizes student well-being. Our staff are committed to building positive relationships with students. Our school uses the Berry Street education model, which is a proactive approach to teaching emotional regulation. This model is an embedded in everything we do and is also explicitly taught in all grade levels. Churchill Primary School has highly skilled staff who support students with learning differences and are dedicated to providing an inclusive environment for all. The school uses an explicit direct instruction approach to teaching. We teach the five components of literacy using this approach based on the soundest research into the science of reading. Our NAPLAM results in literacy have increased significantly using this approach and we expect this trend to continue. The five components to reading are as follows. Phonological awareness, vocabulary, fluency, comprehension and phonics. Our school has an engaging language program with Mandarin taught from prep to six. Our students also learn music, performing arts, visual arts, and PE. Extracurricular activities are important for students to pursue their interests. They also help to foster a sense of belonging, school connectedness, and school pride. Students have the opportunity to compete in a wide range of sports, including athletics, basketball, swimming, hockey, soccer, and cross-country running. We also compete in Australia's largest performing arts competition, Wakakiri. 
Churchill Primary School values a strong relationship partnership with our families and the local community. We provide opportunities for parent involvement and hold regular showcases where students share their learning. And that's from the principal, Jackie Burrows. Uh, now on to some statistics about the school. The school has 150 pupils, 77 boys and 73 girls. The ICSIA value of the school is 933, well below the average of 1,000. The students are representative of the Latrobe community, however. This is a poor community with a tertiary education institution nearby and power stations about to close, offering parents an uncertain future. 4% have parents from the upper, 25% in income, 9% in the second highest, 27% from the third quartile, and 60% from the poorest 25% of the community. 4% of the pupils speak a language other than English, and 8% are of Indigenous parentage. This is a school of disadvantaged students with dedicated principal and teachers. The NAPLAN results of these disadvantaged students are more than just fine. They're well above average in writing and numeracy, and the rest is just fine. They're doing a great job, aren't they? Those NAPLAN results are quite extraordinary when you look at them. Great state school is Churchill Primary School. State schools. State, state schools. School, school of the week. School. school for the week here on the Dogs Program. And our great state school of this week is Carlton Primary School. Congratulations, Carlton Primary School. I'm going to read out the principal's statement from their website, and their principal is Julie Large. And she says, at Carlton Primary, we enjoy state-of-the-art learning facilities as well as large, soon-to-be-redeveloped outdoor play areas. More importantly, though, we have fabulous teachers and education support staff who are committed to the work that we do here and who, along with our great kids, give the school the positive vibe that visitors talk about. In recent years, almost $40 million has been spent on bringing to life the new Carlton Learning Precinct on the school site. This incorporates a community hub and early learning centre as well as the school. The vision for this facility is for children and their families to succeed together. This is a vision central to the work of all of our stakeholders, where we aim for an invisible transition for our young people from birth through to year six. Carlton Primary School is a central part of the learning precinct, which encompasses family services, including maternal child health, consulting rooms for secondary services, play groups, and an early learning centre for babies through to preschoolers. We are privileged to partner with the Our Place, City of Melbourne and Gowrie Victoria to bring this exciting model of health and education provision together for the Carlton community. On a personal note, Julie Large would like to introduce herself. She's been the proud principal at Carlton Primary for over a decade and she's had more than 30 years experience working in various schools and education support service roles. She's committed to issues of social justice and equality of access for all children within a high quality government school system. She loves the challenges that managing a school brings and always strives to ensure that children are at the centre of every decision that they make. She wants each child and their family to have a successful educational experience and for the whole family to develop a sense of belonging to the school community. That's awesome. She sounds like a really dedicated school principal and someone doing great work in the government school system. So thank you, Julie Large. I'm going to so throw some these children would come from the um, from the Carlton flats, I think. 
and they come from a fairly disadvantaged and also non-English speaking background. The school has 101 pupils and the ICSIA value of the school is 952, which is well below the average of 1,000. The students are representative of the community. This is a disadvantaged community, mainly drawn from the council flats. Only 5% have parents from the upper 25% in income, uh, 16% in the second highest, 25% from the third quartile, and 54% from the poorest 25% of the community. 87% of the pupils speak a language other than English, and 1% are of Indigenous parentage. So it's a school full of disadvantaged students with a dedicated principal and amazing teachers. The NAPLAN results of these disadvantaged students are comparable with those of a similar background. Congratulations, Carlton Primary School. It's all about a voice in our own country. We've got a reason to be screaming out, where's our voice in this country? You know, not that I want to be a part of the Constitution for that, you know. That's why 3CR is so important to, to me and this community here. We've got a voice, but it's not, you know, we're entitled to a bigger voice than what we've got. But it's all about having a voice. Subscribe to 3CR, fiercely independent and community controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03 9419 8377. Welcome back to The Dogs, the Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools. And now, on to some more great state schools. State schools. State, state schools. schools. School for the week. Schools. School for the week here on The Dogs Program. And this week's great state school of the week is Coburg Primary School. And here's a little bit about their values from their website. Our school values underpin everything we do at Coburg Primary School and are part of everyday life for the staff, student, students and families. We try to instill in ourselves and others the ability to look at the bright side of things, using humour appropriately to ease tensions and learning to laugh at oneself and with others. Our students are encouraged to examine both their behaviour and learning styles to ensure that they fit with our school values. Honesty. When we're honest, we're being open and truthful in our actions, thoughts and words. Honesty shows both self-respect and respect for others. Learning. We value learning when we respect our own and everyone else's right to learn, taking responsibility for the way we interact and cooperate with other students and teachers. We strive to become creative thinkers and to develop work habits that allow us to produce excellent work that we can be proud of at all times. Resilience. We show that we can use a range of strategies to overcome different types of adversity or hardship and bounce back whilst continuing to remain positive and be willing to try again. Teamwork. We demonstrate teamwork when we can work together with a group of people to achieve positive outcomes. And respect. We are respectful when we're polite, considerate and thoughtful to all others regardless of gender, age, 
race, religion or disability. We show respect to our friends, our families, our teachers and members of the community. We also try to earn the respect of others. So that's a little bit from their website. Now some facts and figures. The school has 289 students and the year value is quite high. Above the average, it's at 1,089. Their students are representative of the community. This is a mainly middle-class community with many refugee families. 35% of the pupils speak a language other than English and there are no Indigenous students here. Uh, it's a school full of advantaged students with dedicated principals and teachers. It costs the taxpayer $11,663, uh, which is below the Gonski Resource Standard, to educate a student at this school. The NAPLAN results indicate that the children in this school, many of whom have a language other than English at home, are progressing well. So congratulations to the dedicated staff at this school in Coburg. Congratulations, Coburg Primary. You are this week's Great State School of the Week. State Schools. State, State Schools. schools. School, school of the Week. Schools. School for the Week here on the Dogs Program. And this week's Great State School is North Melbourne Primary School or Errol Street Primary School. Congratulations, North Melbourne Primary School. And it's a very interesting school because we discovered this a very nice uh, report in a local paper the North and West Melbourne News, and thought, okay, we'll have a look at this school. And it's none other than North Melbourne Errol Street Primary School, a school that's been around for well over 100 years and uh, has a very good reputation indeed. And it is doing so well that they're going to build another part of the school nearby, near the housing in, uh, in North Melbourne. Congratulations, North Melbourne Primary School. Kimberly Fernandez is the EAL teacher at North Melbourne Primary and she wrote this for the North and West Melbourne News Winter Edition. Nearly half our students at North Melbourne Primary School are plurilingual. Amazingly, more than 40 languages or dialects are spoken in their homes. This makes our school a very diverse community. After an initial assessment by classroom teachers, we offer students extra English literacy support throughout English as an additional language classes. EAL classes are usually about eight children, enabling a genuine student to teacher focus. They involve activities such as science experiments, puppet plays, arts and crafts, cooking, exploring books oh. and singing action songs. As the school specialist EAL teacher, I simply love my work. I found my niche here after 25 years in schools, teaching every level from prep to year 12. I work closely with classroom teachers and give regular feedback on their students' progress. It's a team effort as the teachers themselves are skilled at maximizing children's language acquisition. Science experiments work well with EAL students as they are so visual. The children love an activity that shows the action of color mixing as they investigate the hydrophobic properties of dish detergent in milk. A sure sign of children enjoying learning is when they can't wait to get to the classroom. When I round up the EAL students for class, I always hear excited shouts, race you to the EAL room. Once inside, the highlight is our pet Yabby. The children named him Yod, and he's been with us since the start of the year. He lives in a little aquarium and loves in eating Yabby pellets and lots of fresh waterweed. The students love to say hello to him as they peer into his tank. Where are you hiding? Hussein asks each day. Pearl is intrigued by his ability to shed his skin. 
EAL students try their hand at a science experiment. You're so big now, when will you lose your skin again? It's a real joy to see EAL students progress as they gain language skills. Some arrived with very limited English and were unable to share their needs and ideas. Now, every day I hear their happy voices as they play and laugh and learn. One popular activity asks students to tap into their five senses to improve their writing. They are offered a tasting plate with foods such as lemon, honey, grapes, tomato, and Vegemite. Their reactions to the tastings were priceless. What is this? Vegemite. Oh, I hate it. For little Daria, a recent arrival, the taste of chicken and lemon was a poignant reminder of home. In my country, we make lots of food with lemon. My favorite is lemon and chicken, but I don't know what to call it in English. This school in, what a beautiful story that was. That was just gorgeous. This school in the inner Western suburbs receives many, services many families with a generous income, but has a high number of multilingual children. The school has 807 students, 433 boys and 374 girls. Its ICSIA value is 1,144 and 64% of its families have an income in the upper quartile or 23% of the Australian community. 8% are from the second quartile, 8% from the third and 4% are from disadvantaged families. There are 63% from non-English backgrounds attending this school and eight Indigenous students attending this school. It costs only $10,804 per pupil to educate a child at this school. So congratulations, North Melbourne Primary School. You are our great state school of the week. That $10,000 is below the uh, resource standard. You're listening to the dogs. And now we're going to have a break. And I think we'll have a musical break. We've got Billy Bragg now with Waiting for the Great Leap Forward. It may have been Camelot for Jack and Jacqueline. But on the Che Guevara Highway, filling up with gasoline. Fidel Castro's brother spies a rich lady who's crying over the luxury's disappointment. So he walks over and he's trying to sympathise with her. But he thinks that he should warn her that the third world is just around the corner. Soviet Union, a scientist is blinded by the resumption of nuclear testing and he is reminded that Dr. Robert Oppenheimer's optimism fell at the first hurdle. Stacking chairs and mopping up spilled beer And someone asking questions And basking in the light Of the 15 fame-filled minutes of the fanzine writer Mixing pop and politics He asks me what the use is 
Defend government schools. We are the dogs, D O G S, defenders of government schools. Every week on the Dogs Program, we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. If you're a parent, or if you're a kid, or if you're involved in the school in any way whatsoever, and you love your state school, give 3CR a call. We want to hear about these schools that we're defending. Brunswick Secondary State schools are great. Harkaway Primary School. Sunshine North Primary School. They're really concerned about the welfare of the kids and their growth as people as well as learning. Like you put on plays, you've got enrichment, you've got physical education, visual arts, languages, all that. In fact, is there a cooking? Actually an embracing of kids from disadvantaged backgrounds and with additional needs. More than half of your kids are from some of the poorest families in Australia. Yeah, definitely. That's the community and that's who we're servicing and that's that's who we welcome into the school. Outdoor play is linked to healthier and happier children. This, in turn, leads to better grades. In the weekly assemblies and stuff, they have a little thing, uh, you've been caught being good, and they have a, a value of the week each week, and so it's not just words that is actually... So, so what do the teachers do when it's a building site? Yeah, they kick themselves out of their own staff room and turn it into a classroom. Just a really nice culture and an emphasis on social skill building as well as learning. Quite a range of intellectual ability and kids with mental health diagnoses, refugee kids, kids who have not been in the country very long, don't necessarily start off with a positive relationships with each other, with teachers, and with the community. And they run a a breakfast club. There's a recognition that some kids don't get breakfast, and so there's there's food on. If you are involved in a state school and it's a great school, we'd love to hear from you so we can talk about it and tell the world. Leave a message for the dogs at 3CR on 9419 State schools are great schools. Great state schools. A 
And this week's Great State School of the Week is Kudanap College, which is about 80 kilometres south of Perth. And we have an article about education support dogs in Kudanap College written by Margaret Patton. So education support dogs have padded up and down the hallways at Kudanap College for eight years, and they have made a big difference to student well-being and results. Staff at Kudanap, a year seven to 12 school in a low socioeconomic area with 855 students and 169 staff, link the dogs to improvements in school attendance, student confidence, motivation, participation, and pro-social skills. Three Labradors, Justice Charlie and newcomer Vino, work up to four days a week with individual students or classes. Teacher Beck Bell says, our school has a cohort of students who are dysregulated on a daily basis, who come from a home life of generational poverty and often just don't want to come onto school grounds. The dogs are a tool to help encourage some of them to engage with learning. Justice shadows Bell in her class of year seven students with autism. Soon after Justice first came onto the scene, student attendance definitely went up in my class, but a few kids will need more than just a dog to turn up. Bell uses Justice to boost students' empathy skills too. She can quieten and calm her class very quickly by saying that they need to be quiet, patient, and kind for justice. For kids that need a sensory break, he's there for a scratch, pat, or snuggle, she says. Meanwhile, Charlie, who's about to retire, has been visiting a feeder primary school to support a self-regulation program, which won him and the school two awards last year an RSPCA award for outstanding service to the community through the service of an animal and a Bendigo Bank Community Choice Award. His handler, education assistant Jody Toy, has volunteered as a puppy educator for Assistance Dogs Australia in 2013. Assigned the then eight-week-old Charlie, she trained him for 18 months, then returned him to the Australian the, sorry, to the Assistance dog, Dogs Australia for more training before he started work at the school. If I spot a student who's starting to escalate, Charlie and I will go up to them and I'll say, can you hold on to Charlie for a second while I do this to help bring the student back to the present? The dogs are also part of the school's positive behavioural support program and students are able to earn rewards to buy time and have their photos taken with the dogs. Introducing education support dogs to a school needs some careful thought and planning, says Toy. There needs to be an appropriate risk assessment and risk management and a policy specific to the dog, for example. Toy says she's happy to share her plans with other schools. The whole school needs to be educated about how to act around an educational support dog. And the dog learns it's a privilege, not a right, to interact. It could take a dog handling team up to a year to feel their school is synced with that, says Toy. Researcher Dr. Christine Grove from Monash University says COVID-19 has increased the need for well-being support for students and teachers, and dogs are one part of the toolkit. 
but she notes that the use of school support dogs is a complex field of study and much of the evidence to date is qualitative. We can't say definitively that educational support dogs are more effective to improve students' well-being and social emotional learning than traditional treatment like cognitive behavioral therapy or a school counselor. They shouldn't replace those, she says. But Grovey can point to her own positive experience training her Labradoodle to work with her as a school psychologist seven years ago. Kids are really nervous to see a school counsellor, so a dog is a really helpful way for them to see us as it breaks down the barrier for high-risk students who aren't accessing support. Isn't that lovely? Over to you to tell us more about this wonderful school. And uh, here's a little bit from the Kudnup College website. They say it's a co-educational public college uh, and it's located... 80 kilometres south of Perth in the beautiful coastal city of Mandura. K is from 7 to 12 and they aim to instil ambition and drive in their students throughout the six years at Kootenup, supporting them to gain confidence in their abilities. Family, carers and the community are integral to their operation and they welcome involvement and input into their college where student learning is at the centre of everything they do. They've got programs like the Success Centre and the FOCUS program. The Success Centre and FOCUS programs are directed towards fostering and developing in young people those skills and abilities which enable them to move towards their career goals on a pathway of lifelong learning and success. And the FlexiLink program combines an online learning program with one-to-one or small group teaching. Students attend the Success Centre at alternate times to regular students. They have CLAN, C-L-A-N, the Centre for Literacy and Numeracy, and it provides an opportunity and environment for students who wish to experience academic success. In the smaller class, no child will be left unknown as a learner or as a person. There's the Goals for Girls program, G4Gs, which focuses on empowerment through personal development, the arts, recreational pursuits and community partnerships. There's the Clontarf Academy, and the Clontarf Foundation exists to improve the education, discipline, life skills, self-esteem and employment prospects of young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men by doing so, equips them to participate meaningfully in society. There's the STARS Foundation, which provides a holistic program that supports Indigenous girls and young women to attend and remain engaged at school and complete Year 12 and move into full-time work or further study. And the Autism Program which commenced in 2020. Up College now offers us new specialised learning program, Autism, uh, SLPA, to support students with autistic spectrum disorder to achieve their academic goals. Now it's over to Maddie with some facts and figures. Thanks. I am going to shoot some facts and figures at you now from the Akara My School website. There are 830 five children enrolled at this school. The ICSIA value is below average at 895. There is 1% of students who have parents in the upper quartile of income, 8% in the second highest quartile, 23% in the third quartile, and in the lowest quartile, there is 68% of students. So really, it's a school with many disadvantaged students with 7% speaking a language other than English and 24% Indigenous students. 32% of the year 12 cohort went to tertiary studies. And 
in NAPLAN, absolutely everything is above average. So congratulations. State schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. And this week's Great State School of the Week is Hazelwood North Primary. Hazelwood North Primary is located in a pleasant rural environment, approximately five kilometres from Morwell and 10 kilometres from Traralgon in the Latrobe Valley. The school is part of the Churchill cluster of schools and Latrobe Valley area. The majority of students live in Hazelwood North. Students also travel to the school from Morwell, Churchill and Traralgon. The main aim of their strategic plan is to improve student performance in both English and maths, but also to develop students to be successful in the 21st century by developing the competencies required to achieve this. The school welcomes parental participation in classroom, specialist and extracurricular activities. Uh, they're fortunate enough to have support supportive and hardworking school council and parents club. They are very proud of their committed teachers and support staff, their strongly supportive parent community, their students, their classrooms, specialists and programs for students with disabilities and their range of extracurricular activities that they provide. So the My School website stats are as follows. The school has 156 students and the ICSIA value of the school is 933, which is well below the average of 1,000. So we've got uh, the lower end of the socioeconomic scale parents in this area. The students are representative of the, of the Latrobe community, however. This is a poor community with a tertiary education institution nearby and power stations about to close, offering parents an uncertain future. There are still some farms in the hills nearby. Uh, 5% have parents from the upper 25% of income. 17% of students have their parents in the second highest quartile. 35% are from the third quartile and 40% are from the poorest quartile of SES quartile in the community. 2% uh, of the students speak a language other than English at home and 2% are of Indigenous parentage. This is a school full of disadvantaged students with dedicated principals and teachers. Now, it costs the taxpayer $12,626, which is near the Gonski Resource Standard, to edu educate a child at this school. The school receives only $369,642 from the federal government and $1.4 million from the state government. $45,000 comes from fees and $32,000 from private fundraising. But the capital grants in the last three years have been only $56,000. All this public and private money is money spent well because the NAPLAN results of these disadvantaged students are just Fine. So congratulations to Hazelwood North Primary School. You are our great state school of the week. Jean? Yes, a lovely little school out there in the countryside uh, that caters for uh, children from the surrounding uh, towns in the Latro Valley. Coonadarp College, you are our great state school of the week. Well, we've had a marvellous array of just a few of the great state schools. We can't fit them all in. Uh, we've heard from about Coburg High School, Churchill Primary School, 
Carlton Primary, Coburg Primary, North Melbourne or Errol Street, Coonup College and Hazelwood North Primary. But now let's go on to our final Great State School of the Week of the Year, Templestow College. Every week on the Doctor Program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State school. School of the week. Great state schools. State schools. School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. And our final great state school for the year is Templestow College. Templestow College has been operating since 1994, but their current story really only starts in October 2009 when the school took on a whole new direction. The school had not moved with the times and student numbers had fallen from 1,000 students to a tiny 286 students. With just 23 year sevens, there was a serious threat of the school being closed. The College Council and a group of committed staff and students decided on a complete change of focus. Rather than remaining just another traditional school, Templestow College would would embrace its smaller size and become experts in personalised learning. TC, as they now call it, was born. Interest from students and their parents who were feeling lost or dissatisfied with the current education system and wanting to explore a new style of education saw numbers start to climb. Following a strategic review in 2013, TC moved towards individualised learning and by 2015 they dropped all reference to year levels. And now all students take control of their learning by selecting 100% of their course load from more than 150 electives as part of their individualised learning plan once the basic literacy and numeracy is established. In 2020, they they were now a school with over 1,250 students and a total learning community of over 1,400 plus people. They launched their current school vision of to co-create high-quality learning experiences within an inclusive and supportive community in 2018 as part of what they call TC 2018 to 2021. This vision was created by the whole community after a lengthy consultation process. As a school, they will always continue to look at ways they can improve and offer young people true advocacy in their education and learning. For example, at the end of 2017, College Council made the decision to remove compulsory uniforms, which was based on a campaign led by their students. At the end of 2019, they undertook a major consultation process to look at the structures in place as part of the TC 2018-2021. This involved gaining feedback from every student, parent and member of staff around their structures to look at the changes made for 2020. Whilst there were changes to our times of the day, our community structure and the introduction of a new subject, life hacks, all based upon student and parent feedback, it was apparent that some things would never change. The things that would never change are are their one-person policy and their yes is the default rule. 
These are what makes TC so great beyond any structures, any innovations of which they have many or any ideas of individuals. At TC, they will continue to innovate to evolve as a school based around student-centred learning. And having just completed their strategic planning process, they'll be embarking on the next stage of their evolution, TC, the next level. And you can find out more about that at their website. But uh, to guide their work, they have stated their purpose is to challenge the status quo so that everyone is empowered to learn. So the philosophy and the school. Most schools have a philosophy, but they are a philosophy that has a school. Their philosophy is based on the concept that students have far greater skills and abilities than they are generally given credit for. And with the support and guidance of parents and staff, they, will, they have the ability to manage their own education. TC students have the freedom to explore their own passions and interests in depth. And this personal agency leads to exceptional levels of engagement and achievement. TC's vision is to co-create high quality learning experiences within inclusive and supportive communities. While their vision is pure, they also acknowledge their humanness and so continually strive individually and collectively to bring the school ever closer to this vision. TC 2018 to 2021, their philosophy. Their philosophy is a set of ideals, standards and beliefs used to guide their school. At TC, they believe the following. Learning is an exciting, lifelong journey where the challenge is to discover and pursue their passions, which contribute to the greater good. They each have their own strengths and talents and work best when they're happy and able to follow and explore their passions and interests. All people will be treated equally, regardless of the position they hold and are entitled to be treated with respect and shown trust, which will grow or diminish based on their actions. They call this the one-person policy. TC has a community focus where students feel known and cared for, celebrated for who they are and supported by all members of the community in their learning. At TC, they don't just accept diversity and difference, they celebrate it. Everyone has the right to a safe place where they can feel supported and celebrated for being themselves. People achieve more when they are empowered. If any student, staff member or parent has a suggestion, the answer has to be yes, unless it takes too much time, too much money or negatively impacts on someone else. This is called the yes is the default policy. Ensuring a positive learning environment is essential for students to reach their potential. Parents and carers can be a young person's greatest supporters and they want and value their contribution. Staff and parents and carers need to ensure that they allow students the room to develop and practice their independence. Community is important and they all have an individual and collective responsibility to make it work. Innovative education should be developed collaboratively around evidence-based research and high-quality student learning data. An entrepreneurial mindset and entrepreneurial skills are valuable and transferable through all aspects of life. 
This mindset is vital to be able to participate in the rapidly changing world that we live in now and in the future. Every student benefits from having a detailed individual learning plan. With support and accurate information, students are capable of making appropriate decisions in their own best interests. Young people have brilliant ideas and can do amazing things. They will not let age be a restricting factor in giving young people the opportunity to display this. Young people have far more capacity than the traditional education system gives them credit for. Students should contribute significantly to the decision-making process and operation of their school, as well as making a genuine contribution to their community. It's important to measure growth and individual well-being, as well as achievement. This growth should be across a range of areas and measure not just literacy and numeracy. Education is not just about preparing for a changing future, but instead engaging with the world in, a me in meaningful ways each day. Young people have a far greater global reach than previous generations and should take advantage of this, not only to benefit themselves, but to benefit others. So that is Templestowe College's unique approach to learning. It certainly puts to bed the myth that all public schools are the same, that all public schools are just these monolithic edifices where your child will be lost in the mix of the great unwashed masses. This is a school that is giving children self-advocacy, giving them a lifelong love of learning. And it does remind me a lot of the Finnish model that uh, we've talked about so many times on the DOGS program. Now, personally, I do art therapy. I find it very, very helpful. And my art therapist has engaged with some of the students from this school. So we'll be having a bit of a chat now to hear about some of the mental health benefits that can come from an approach such as this. And now we're going to have a really quick chat with Ray. Welcome to the DOGS program, Ray. So first, for our listeners, just describe a little bit of your perspective. What do you do? I am an art psychotherapist, so I use psychotherapy approaches with art making and I work with mostly um, LGBTQIA plus people and neurodiverse people. Great. And tell us from your perspective what some of the benefits you've noticed from this approach to education. Yeah, so a lot of my clients um, being neurodivergent really they might struggle with regulating attention and focus and in some areas in you know schools they were at they were being told they were below their peers in some subjects but then above them in others and it'd be really frustrating because they couldn't learn at their own pace and this school's given them you know opportunity you know more autonomy in in their learning and they're able to focus on their special interests but also you know work on those subjects that are a bit harder at the year level they're at rather than having to push through and you know, do extra tuning to be where they should be. I've just uh, read out a little bit about this school and about how they've taken away the classification of year level. How's that helpful? Oh, that's been so helpful because, yeah, I had, you know, clients of mine feeling like they were failing even though they were quite brilliant and years ahead in maybe science but, you know, really struggling in English. And now they don't have that pressure. They can just learn at their own pace and it's just change their relationship to schooling. 
they say that the school, it tries to foster a lifelong love of learning, which is something that I just am crazy for. I think it's so important that we maintain that, that curiosity. Yes, yeah, some of the subjects they have there I didn't even know were possible, like farming. You know, one of my clients is really into that and I think that's amazing to have that as an elective. How important do you think, especially for adolescents, is this kind of approach to learning? Yeah, I think it really fosters, you know, good self-esteem. Yeah, and it's not competitive like a lot of other schools are. So it's really giving the students that agency over what they're learning and their futures too. Reminds me a lot of the Finnish model where it's very similar, students choosing electives as to what their passions are. Yeah, and so important for the neurodivergent community because a lot of them are regulated by that passion rather than, you know, yeah, neurotypical people who might be able to equally be interested in a few things. They really have to, you know, follow that drive. And I guess, you know, a lot of them feel like they've been stupid in mainstream schools because they couldn't do that, you know, which is really not true. Yeah. Absolutely not. Allowing children to understand their own worth and to and to learn more about themselves as well as yeah. the world around them and to feel safe. I suppose that's, that's one of the things that I got from reading about them is that they're really about su- being supportive and inclusive. And that's yeah. so important during adolescence. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I felt like I had to do all these subjects. I had no, like science. Oh, I hated science. I just couldn't get my head around it and yeah just forced to do that till year 10 I think it was and it's great that these kids don't have to be forced to do something that's not for them. Yeah and in doing so in following a passion then it just makes sense the achievement is going to be so much higher because the engagement is going to be so much higher. Yeah I can understand some kids it wouldn't work for because maybe they don't really know what they're into and yeah other schools having that structure to do a few different things would work well for them but I think for a lot of neurodivergent people their brains don't work like that they're very keenly aware of what they're interested in. (laughs) One of the things that I did mention was that it puts to bed the myth that all public schools are just these monolithic edifices where your child will be lost in the mix of you know, the great unwashed masses, you know. It's like, yeah. no, this is very much in, an individualised learning approach. Which oh, is... I think it's doing better than um, any private school model I've seen. <laughs> well, thank you for your perspective. I just thought that the, our listeners would be interested because we hear from the schools, they, they talk about themselves or from the teachers or from the principals, sometimes the students, sometimes the parents. But, yeah, having a mental health professional perspective is incredibly interesting, I, I think. Well, look, thanks, Ray. Templestowe College, you are our final Great State School of the Week of the Year. Congratulations, Templestowe College, or TC, as they like to be called. For three years, teachers have had their qualifications, their pay, their pensions, and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. I'm a proud product of a government-funded primary school education and of a government-funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's still not good enough that kids with disability miss out. 
You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Well, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for joining us on this New Year's Eve episode of The Dogs. You can find out more about us at www.adogs.info or you can listen to many, many years' worth of podcasts at the 3CR website. But until next week, it's bye for now and Happy New Year. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.